Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Week 11 edition of Hit That Line. I am your host, Zach Barry. Joining me, everybody in the crew is in the building this evening. We've got Austin Gray, we got Ben Woodhouse, we have Nicholas Carr. Gentlemen, good evening. Welcome to November, where, as we all know, they remember. How are we doing? Doing good. Little Houston Nuts are back there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get it started on the right foot. Right. You know, if um, Ole Miss goes undefeated in November, does Ole Miss make the college football playoffs? We have to. I'm standing. I'm sticking with it. We have to. As, uh, well, you know, um, Houston that might have said it at some point. He, there's no way to say that he didn't. But yeah, undefeated in November, <laughs> standing on business. <laughs> if anybody stands on business, it is Houston Nut. <laughs> uh nick how we doing over there we good oh man i am ready to get going here all right nick is such a grinch it's ridiculous <laughs> what i what, what are you talking about it been all, all week i had to hear about how i was what two games back in the standings he had some good picks for us this week what were you last week ben one and two i think i went one and two yeah, okay. Oh, no. I, you know what? Now, ben shooters was, have shooters ben have short. One, I went one, one, and one. One, one, yeah. and one. Ole Miss. Yeah, that's Ole right. Miss oh, my gosh. Three. I legitimately would rather lose a game than tie it because it just throws <laughs> off the record the rest of the year. 69, 50, and one. Uh, that's a crazy number. Wait, yeah, is, I thought 69, than 50. Than huh? I thought it was that's like 69, 56. No. So we lost three, four, five, five. Yeah. So we're 69, 50, and one. So yeah, I was two and one. Jeez. Nick was two and one. Austin was one and two. Nick one or Ben one, one and one. Ben is in the lead narrowly, narrow margin 
over myself. He is 18, 11, and 1. I am 18 and 12. Nick is 17 and 13. Austin has finally come back down to earth and cooled down. He's at 16 and 14 um, after a couple tough weeks, but you were going one and two quite from hot. now till the end of time. <laughs> I, I, Nick, you'd have to do the numbers for us. If we go, if we all go one and two the rest of the year, where do we end up at? But uh, we're not going to do that. We're going to shoot for three and oh weeks. We're going to give you our locks. But first, let's get into Saturday's game. For this episode only, I will say it is 7 p.m. Eastern time because I will be time traveling to Eastern time zone this weekend. Nick, you will be doing it as well. Sanford Stadium, Athens, Georgia, prime time, ESPN. And when I say prime time, I mean prime time with Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreet. Is it Holly Rowe on the sidelines? With yeah, them? what when was the last time? That's right, Holly Rowe. When was the last time uh, Herbstreet and Fowler called on this game? Was it's going to be like two weeks ago or something, and I just forgot about it. But Bama? They called A&M in 22. Oh, yeah, that's right. Or 21, oh, yeah. 21. 21, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they, we had um, game day? Yep. yep. The yep. A.J. Finley. Do y'all think, think there's been one since? I don't think so. Mm. No. Do you know? Not unless it was Bama in 22, and I I just didn't pay attention. No, that was uh, – That was CBS. That was CBS, Gary. yeah. Yeah. Then no, I don't think they have since since that in twenty one. That's, that's pretty pretty cool. I mean, I, I I mean, obviously CBS, you know, feels like the bigger game because it's the game of the week. But I don't know, Herb Street and Fowler, that's pretty sick. Yeah, I it um, it, they're the best in the business. Next to and, and maybe maybe it's a hot take. Maybe y'all disagree. I think it's it's Fowler and Kirk, and then after that. I'm a huge fan of Gus and Joel Klatt. I know I know Gus can be a lot for some people. I personally love him. And I think Joel Klatt's super underrated and is really good at color. I like Brad Nessler, but I'm I can't handle Gary. But yeah. you know, if they put a better, you know, uh, yeah. color guy with him, I think that he would he's like just this. like got that standard college football voice. He's like Ron Franklin of the, oh, baby. you know, 2020s. Yeah, Zach, Franklin. where do you rank Joe Tess? <laughs> In the fucking gutter. God. <laughs> and sucks. look what we have here in the gutter. Oh. Well, <laughs> what do we have brewing in Brewing in the gutter. <laughs> the, only, the, only, the only people close to him in the gutter – Ryan McGee and Marty Smith. Y'all oh remember when? Uh, go ahead, Nick. Oh, I was gonna say people. People got on. Uh, what's the name last test last week for the way he ended the game? And they're like, "Oh, you're so sad that AM missed the kick." I mean, I'm not saying he wasn't. He may have broken down in tears after the he got off the call. But that's like, that's like his classic kit, his classic call of. Uh, right. You know, and the Rebels survive. Like that's just and and, and also I'm, a yeah. kid missed a field goal. Like, are we going to cheer in the booth what for that? I, I think he was pissed that he didn't get to use a line, like, for the game winner. Yeah. Like, I think he had yeah. one teed up, like, ready to go, I'll, and he didn't get to use it. I'll say this, and shout out to my boy Jason Benetti, uh, the White Sox. Oh, I love Jason Blake. Benetti, yeah. So, so damn good. Um, He was on No Laying Up's uh, strap series when they were out at training camp, or spring training, and 
they were asking him how he comes up with stuff on the spot. And he was asking them to try to do it like Neil and, and big Randy and they couldn't do it. Like, they're like, that's so hard to do. Like no prep, just like say something. And they were like, okay, you do it now. And like, they would like make a putt. And then he just kind of sat there and they were like, are you not going to do it? And he was like, sometimes the best thing to do is just let the moment happen and let <laughs> the fans hear the crowd and hear the moment. And I was like, you know what? That's actually brilliant. Yeah. So as much as I don't like Tessator, I think that's what he was doing there. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. he was, he was like, you know, you're watching on TV. You obviously see it, but like, if you're listening, like you, you, you can hear the moment, the home crowd going crazy cause they missed it. Um, but yeah, other than that, he sucks. Um, okay. So, um, Ole Miss, Georgia. Um, let me hit refresh. I do have my glasses on tonight, so I'll make sure I get the right lines for everybody. Um, Ole Miss sitting at 10 and a half. What the hell is Bet Rivers doing? They got it at 11 and a half, but 10 and a half is pretty much what most people have. Um, some couple, uh, couple stats I'm going to throw out here. Some nuggets via ESPN. Um, Ole Miss is four and one against the spread in its last five games as an underdog. Seven of the last eight meetings between Georgia and Ole Miss have gone under the total which I wonder what the total was in 2016 because Ole Miss did all the scoring in that one. Um, this is the fewest points that Georgia has been favored by this season. Um, God and then bless. Don't tell that to the Cover 3 podcast, guys, because they'd have <laughs> you think that we were going to lose by 30. This is the, this is the weird one, but it kind of jives with what we've talked about this year, and I've heard other national uh, analysts say about you know, national the guys that handicap for a living. Georgia is four ten and one against the spread in its last fifteen games as a home favorite. Pretty, That's pretty a, weird. It's kind of crazy, actually. Yeah, yeah. Because like I, you know, I've heard on shows where guys are always like fade Georgia at home, but like on the road, like they're going pound people. Um, you know, they've played a, some tight games at home this year. You know, they had to come back and beat South Carolina last week against Missouri. And I know they've had some big numbers that they've had to cover, but I mean, still, I mean, Ben sent the stat earlier today of just how damn dominant they've been this year. And I'm scrolling through the group chat to try to find it, but I mean, 90 and 15 under Kirby smart. What does this say? His record at Georgia as of 11, 8 in 2020, he was 48 and 14. Since then, 90 and 15. So, I mean, just absolutely dominant. No, so 90 and 15 overall. Since then, he's 42 and 1. Yeah. So, yeah, so like, overall record. In the, last, in the last three years, calendar years from November 8, 2020 to November 8, 2023. Georgia is 42 and one overall. That is an absurd run. Like even in that's like Nebraska in the nineties type dominant, even in that division, that's an absurd run. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like Tom Osborne shit right there. That's what I'm saying. It's Tom Osborne. It's yeah. like, it's crazy. It's like dominant. Yeah. 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 
Um, I, I don't know that Oklahoma ever had a run like that. I mean, we're talking about an all-time, like a historic type run. Because even in the Alabama national championship years, almost all of them include a loss. Like very rarely do they go 15-0. and Georgia is now 42-1 and in the last three years. It's just insane. And I think yeah, their like, one loss was to Alabama, pretty sure. Like some of the best – this was an article from last year looking at like best dynasties ever. So you've got Oklahoma in like late forties to late fifties. Um, they had an 11 season span where they went 107, eight and two 11 league titles and three national championships. Um, Alabama, uh, I mean, just the Nick Saban dynasty, we're all aware of that. Um, six titles in 12 seasons. Uh, it's pretty insane. They've got, you know, Heisman Trophy winners left and right. And then I was going to throw this one out there, but it's the it's a different, same program, different era, but Miami, 80s to early 90s, 96 and 13 from 1983 to 91. Just crazy i would have said like the frank solich or not frank solich um larry coker miami teams were were pretty damn good um yeah tom osborne's overall record when he retired was 255 49 and three mm-hmm. so, like his entire tenure was basically a dynasty mm-hmm. that's turning into kirby smarts man yeah they had a you know he's seven years in 15 losses 93 to 97, Nebraska went 60 and 3. That's the kind of run that they're on right now. Yeah, that's right. That's the run they're on right now. Really a better better pace than that, frankly. Unless the Rebs derail them on Saturday. Yeah, I was going to say, in a a different era of college football, too, which is even more impressive. But all right. So is Brock Bowers playing? So I, I talked with a couple of Georgia people today. It's it's senior day. He's not a senior, but he's not playing next year. He's going to the NFL. I think he's going to get some kind of curtain call type deal where they're going to play him. He'll suit up. Now, if he suits up and goes through warmups and he's not going to be able to be effective or really, you know, sure, you could throw him out there as a decoy, but I, I don't think Kirby's going to risk him getting hurt even more if he's not able to move. But there's been rumblings that he's, running at a pretty high rate of speed in practice, but that's just straight line running. You know, that's, that's not what, you know, his style of tight end, you know, receiver does. He's got to be able to move laterally and cut and stuff like that. But yeah, I I don't know if he's, even if he does, he's not going to be the same Brock Bowers. I don't think he's going to be as effective. Um, I could see him just suiting up, getting out there a couple times, letting the crowd go crazy. And then, that'll be that um because i mean the backup is damn good so it's not like you're gonna play a 45 percent brock bowers when you've got oscar delp that's 100 percent and is basically you know a mini brock bowers um you know this is not me i mean this is a little bit me being a hopeful fan i guess but um what is Let's just look at this from Brock Bauer's perspective. What does he have to gain other than getting the curtain call? Has he won two national championships? Like, what are we doing? Two, trying to win three rings. instead of 
I mean, go get paid, dude. Like I, at this point, I wouldn't want to risk. I'm not saying that he could hurt it worse. I'm not a doctor. I'm not one to say that he could, but I'm saying like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put any kind of like weakened ligament or recently repaired ligament, any unnecessary stress on it when I've got huge, huge, uh, combine stuff coming up. I mean, he's a top 15 pick to me. Oh, dude, yeah, well, he's a top 10 pick. And even if it's, you did want to go for a third ring, just wait until, you know, the SEC championship or until you're in the playoffs yeah, and then right. make that yeah. decision, you know. Or wait one more week and play at Tennessee. Like, I don't know why you would risk it here when really, if that's the game you lose, I don't know, does Tennessee have two SEC losses? Maybe that change. Yeah, they do. Never yeah, mind. Do. So Georgia's got a, they'd have to lose twice. Yeah. yeah, I so my thing with this, and I hate when people do this because it's all of these people that have never been in the position that Brock Bowers has been in. When people criticize dudes sitting out, that pisses me off to no end. Like, dude, you're not in the position to make life-changing money like these guys are. Right. Like, that's what his life is. Okay, spare me the... Well, he got his degree. No, shut up. That's not what he's doing. He's a professional football player. He's a freak, and he's going to be really good in the NFL. So, so let's have, not act like degrees pay the same thing as professional football. Exactly. Like, and and also, like, what's what's the average lifespan of an NFL career? Does anybody know? Let's just I say somebody's going to say as ten years. Four, I don't know. It's yeah. probably four years. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's let's say Brock Bowers is ten. Yeah, it's different by position, whatever. But mm. like, go get that ludicrous contract and then get one more, you're good. Take care of your money. Be smart. Mm -hmm. You're good for the rest of your life. So like if he wants to sit out this game and he wants to sit out the Tennessee game, because look, I'll say it like Georgia doesn't like Georgia, not having Brock Bowers on Saturday. doesn't mean, well, shit game's over. Ole Miss wins. Like no, Mm -hmm. Georgia is still capable of winning the game. So like he doesn't need to play, but if he chooses not to, because his life is about to change next April. I have no problem with that. So like all these people that want to get on podcasts and get on TV and talk shit about people that sit out is just ridiculous because you're not in that position. So like, don't say I would never do that. The hell you would like, come on. The other, the other consideration here is that maybe Kirby doesn't want him to play every snap. Mm -hmm. I mean, Kirby may want him healthy you know, a fully functional Brock Bowers is much more useful to him in the championship game than in the Ole Miss game. And two, Kirby is as savvy as it comes on the recruiting trail. I think he probably is also aware that it would it would likely be used against him if he yep. cost Brock Bowers his career in a game in week 10 against Ole Miss. Uh, hell, I hope we would use that against Kirby on the recruiting trail if that's what happens. So, I mean, it's not entirely clear to me that Kirby's going to, you know, insist that he plays – every snap that he possibly can mm-hmm. he's probably very conscious and aware of brock's future as well as his own future and the, the future of his program if i had to guess i think that he will use brock bowers as like a like a trump card if it's yeah. late in the game i don't say late in the game but like middle of the third quarter and it's a tight game i could see them trotting him out there you know on the first and ten letting him jog around i, I think he'll yeah. dress out I think he'll go through the motions before the game. I maybe they toss the ball to him in the red zone, kind of like we did to Trey Harris against Alabama. If this guy mm-hmm. got three targets, I'd be stunned on Saturday. There's no yeah. reason for him to because 
if they beat Tennessee, I mean, I guess like obviously if we beat Georgia, I think there's a way for Tennessee for that game to matter, right? If Tennessee wins this weekend, uh, we beat no, Georgia. If we beat Georgia, Tennessee can win the East by beating Georgia. Yeah. 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 So ultimately, Tennessee, Georgia kind of needs to beat Tennessee, and then they've got to beat Alabama. This, this game doesn't matter a ton to them. I don't really see it any reason that they're going to push this guy to go, you know, give him an extra week, really give him an extra three weeks to get ready for Alabama. I expect he'll play just because he wants to like for the rest of the year, obviously, but I don't, this guy's not getting more than, I don't think he's getting more than two targets at most on Saturday. And those are going to be like, we're just throwing the ball up and hoping he can go fight for it. He's not, he's not going to be of use. I don't think I'd be, I'd be stunned. Here's, here's Mm -hmm. what I think. Here's what I think happens. Whatever, hard-fought game, whatever the score is, doesn't matter. Georgia's winning, you know, winning the game. They're going into victory formation. I bet they put Brock Bowers out there as, like, to take the direct snap and knee it or be behind Carson Beck when he knees it and then, you know, gets the curtain call or whatever. He takes his helmet off. Everybody goes crazy. But, yeah, I'm with Nick. I, there's no so way. Wait, they're going to put him in at linebacker while we're taking the, the knee? <laughs> the yeah, yeah. Okay. He yeah. probably could I, I buy that, yeah. Play linebacker. Um but yeah, I mean, uh now he play linebacker for Ole Miss coming off that injury. They can use him. Um but yeah, there's no way that he's gonna be like seven receptions for eighty yards. Like if he is, then he's just a freak. Yeah, he's a terminator. Like I know that there's been some people that have come back like who is it? Uh Amari Rogers at Clemson came back in something like four months after a torn ACL and played a full season. But I just Brock Bowers NFL aspirations are higher than what Amari Rogers were at Clemson. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the game. I, to me, Ole Miss's offense is in my opinion, going to score. I think this comes down to the front seven getting pressure and getting home against Carson Beck because we've seen over the last couple of weeks kind of the maturation of him as the quarterback, much more efficient. The offense is putting up points. They're winning tight games with the offense driving down and scoring. I think if Ole Miss with a front seven that is six in the country in sacks, top 15 in tackles for loss, if they can get to him, get them behind the chains and force him to have to make big throws on third and nine, third and 11. Um, And if the Ole Miss offense can keep pace, I think that's how Ole Miss stays in this game and has a chance to win. Um, It can't get into quick three and outs to where Georgia just gets into death star mode and just starts leaning on you with Dejon Edwards and running the football because we've seen in games last week, Bama teams that run the football right at you can cause issues. Um, now the Ole Miss D line is much deeper. They can run more guys out there, but I, I'm interested to hear what y'all think. Do you think this game stays in the twenties or do you think Kiffin is going to try his damnedest to get it into the thirties and forties and make it a track meet? And maybe that answers itself, but no, I, I, he kind of coaches I, different on the road. I, well, he coaches different on the road, and I think he coaches differently um, in spots where 
we clearly are undermanned relative to the roster on the other sideline. Yeah. So against Alabama, we deliberately did not push pace very much. We did. He, he wanted to limit possessions. You know, he, he wanted to stretch the game out and give us a chance. But, um, I, you know, I don't know. Does he take the similar a similar approach with Georgia? Now, keep in mind, we weren't even close to being fully healthy against Bama. You know, Trey Harris was dinged, pre-scoring his first game back. Franklin, you know, I don't even know if Franklin played at all. At that point in the season, Q was still kind of banged up. So I suspect that may have been why uh, we chose to to throttle down um, offensively against the Tide. I, I'm really curious to see how we handle it this week, though. Do y'all, I, I watched Mizzou, Georgia, but I had it on, you know, second screen. Did Mizzou go tempo at all? Do y'all know? I have no idea. They – not really. I watched like a cut up of the game, so I didn't get a full, you know, full yeah. rewatch. But I don't think they go a lot of tempo, and and their run game's different. Like they go outside zone more. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's look. I was really impressed by their ability to get the edge on Georgia. I mean, they attacked Georgia at the perimeter yeah. on the ground, and the they were able to win. Good. Yeah, he is good, but he's not Q, you know, and he's no, not Bentley no. either. And I I feel like if Mizzou can get the edge on Georgia, we can. Occasionally, and look, George is going to be down there, best linebacker. Uh, we broke his what arm last week. Yeah, he broke his forearm. Uh, so he's going to be out now. Uh, look, I, it goes without saying, Georgia has plenty of dudes that are more than capable of making plays, especially on that side of the ball. So I'm not saying you should adjust the point spread by like a touchdown because they lost a linebacker. That's not my point. I just whoever this the next man up for them is, he is undoubtedly not quite as good as the guy they lost, or else he would be starting. So, um. I, I think we could get the edge. I, you know, the Pettis injury is a bummer from today. Um, I, if there's any silver lining, at least it happened at this point in the week so we can get some other guys ready. Uh, you have to think Williams sees some snaps who played a ton for us last year. Been kind of confused by the fact that he hasn't played much for us this year. But um, I just like the fact that we've got a few days to get ready for that. Obviously, it sucks for Pettis. sucks for all of us. But I, I think we'll be okay there. Um, yeah, we said we want about the holds. He's probably our best lineman. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. Like no, we can... I didn't look, and we speculated, and I think this is right. Sometimes he just so thoroughly dominates the guy in front of him that the ref throws a flag for holding when it's not actually holding. Cooler temperatures are right around the corner, and as I like to say, it's the perfect time to play a round of golf. And if you're looking for a premier golf course in northwest Mississippi or the Memphis, Tennessee area, go to Cherokee Valley Golf Club in Olive Branch, 15 minutes from the Memphis International Airport. With those cooler temps, you might want to stay warm and comfortable on the course this fall. Go in the clubhouse and check out their new selection of outerwear from Travis Matthew and FootJoy, including FootJoy's new lightweight hoodie. This 18-hole par 72 course includes four sets of tees to accommodate all players, and has 11 lakes, 52 bunkers, and the wide Zoysia fairways and extra-large champion Bermuda greens and clean roughs make for an excellent opportunity every single time to post a number. If you need a premier golf experience in the Mid-South, go to Cherokee Valley Golf Club. Call them at 662-893-4444 or check them out, olivebranchgolf.com. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? 
Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moak at 601 601- 953-8449 and get your free quote today. The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Sisk Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, t-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at bluffcityadvisory.com. And I think he's a victim of coaches now are telling officials yeah. all during pregame, watch, watch 57. Like he, he's going to hold, like he, he's yeah. going to grab. And, and I do think in the run game specifically, like he mauls people like he, imba- I mean, we saw Shamar Turner lose his cool because he got embarrassed by Micah Pettis and got yep. mad and, you know, punched him in the dick. But like, yeah, I, I'm I'm with Austin. Like we've talked about this for a couple of weeks now. I think he just dominates people to where it looks like, well, he's got to be holding. Yeah, it's got to be a hold. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm with you, Zach. I think we have some success offensively. Frankly, I'm not all that worried about that side of the ball. I don't think we're going to put up 50 on Georgia or anything like that. I think we will be competitive. Though. I mean, look, Dart is quietly just like really good. He's 12th in QBR nationally. Four interceptions on the year. Is that right? I looked earlier and now I've forgotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, Four. Really, That's right. Really, yeah, I think he's 16 and four. Yeah, taking care of the ball, making good decisions, picking up first downs with his legs when we need him to. I mean, he's playing really, really good football. If we just get an average game out of Dart, I think the offense will be fine. I like, I think, I, I like our receivers. I like our ability to get yards and one-on-one contested situations with Trey Harris, even against Georgia's corners. I think we're going to be able to do that. Mizzou certainly did. Um, so I think we're, we're good there. I am a little concerned about the defense and how we looked in the second half last week. You know, we shut A&M down basically in the first half and in the second half, we, we just kind of looked lost at times. I don't really know, you know, I don't know what, to what I should attribute that, but it was concerning to say the least. And Georgia's offense is certainly better than A&M's. Um, so I don't know. I, I go back to my first question. Do we run tempo or do we try to play keep away a little bit and keep their offense off the field? If so, Zach, obviously, you know, no shit statement here. I think it could play in the 20s. I think it could be like a you know, 27-21, 31-24 kind of game. Um, if it turns into a track meet, I, I don't know. I don't I, I'm a little skeptical about our secondary's ability to to contain Georgia and their weapons, even though they're not, you know, they're not great. But our secondary, again, last week against A&M, kind of felt like we got exposed a little bit. And 
Uh, Carson Beck is playing really well right now. Last week wasn't his best game against Mizzou, but he played played a really good game. Um, and I, I think we can be had over the top. Um, I, I don't think Georgia can just line up and road grade us, though. So, I don't know. I think that Tempo may tell a story here. If this turns into a track meet, if it turns into a shootout, I don't know. Maybe maybe we can eke one out late like we did against LSU, like we did against A&M. Um, worst case scenario, I think it looks like the Bama game and our offense is kind of stuck in mud all day. We don't really get anything going. They hit a couple of deep shots over the top and just do the old school boa constrictor against us and, and we, we really never have a shot and it's 31-13. So, I don't know. Here, here's hoping to, uh, we get the former. Yeah. The, what, you, what you said – go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Well, what you said about getting bogged down like we did against Alabama, yeah, it's a, it's a different offense and with Harris back and healthy. You know, he, he essentially was that decoy. We were talking about, you know, Bowers could be on Saturday. At Alabama, he was that decoy. But I I am still concerned about that. I mean, I witnessed it firsthand. The offense was just – nothing was going. And when, when our offense gets bogged down, it looks – Maybe all offenses are like this. Maybe I'm just pessimistic because it's all Miss, but it looks really bad. Yeah. And it 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 looks like you know what are we doing here? Did did we game plan at all? And it's just like nothing's working. And the the you know the three and outs happen so fast, and it just it seems like it goes downhill so quickly. And that's my concern. Yeah, we've got Trey Harris, but we've played what would you say two elite defenses all year? I'm not even sure. I would say Texas A&M is elite. I think their their front four is really good. I don't know that yeah. their entire defense is elite. I feel like we played one really, really athletic, really, really good defense all year, and we had, you know, like three decent possessions on it and did nothing the whole rest of the game. And that concerns me. Is Trey Harris worth like 14 points? Maybe he is. I mean, probably. I, you know, honestly, last weekend he was worth 14 points. He was that good. But he's going to have to be because what I saw in Tuscaloosa – We'll get, I mean, we, you know, maybe we would, you know, score 17, but we're still yeah. getting beat if the offense comes out looking anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, think I can't this, add uh, much to this. Yeah. Go, 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 go ahead. Go. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, this is not, I'm not even really addressing anything directly that Nick said, but like, who's the second best pass offense that Georgia has faced this year? You're, and you're saying who's, the, who's their first best offense? I think no, the second. I think the first is Mizzou. I think the first is Mizzou, Mizzou. Yeah, yeah. So who's the second best pass offense? They um, like conference, right? Yeah, it's probably, probably it South Carolina, Florida, or, or Rattler had a good game against them. They put. I mean, Rattler. The Rattler's the best quarterback. Yeah, I don't know about the. I don't know about the rest of the pass. Yeah, the only one comparable. I mean, truthfully, yeah, the Rattler, only one comparable is Missouri Rattler because of, for, they've got two good receivers. Yeah, yeah. Rattler threw for two fifty six against them. If we throw for um, two fifty six, I'm I'm a little concerned about. Yeah, I would be too. And look, in that game, that that was that was a twenty four fourteen Georgia win. And South Carolina, if y'all recall, I know this is way back in September. South Carolina was winning for what three quarters of that game? I mean, South Carolina yeah, was in yeah. it. Um. So again, 11, I'm not predicting they were up 11 anything. at halftime. Yeah. I'm not predicting anything based on that. That was a long time ago, one game sample. I just I was really encouraged by what Mizzou was able to do offensively. I was. I I, I think we're going to be competitive offensively. Just 
can we stop them just one more time than they stop us? I don't know. I, I don't either. And I, I just don't know why. I mean, where's the, this isn't directed to you, Austin. It's really general, other than the fact that, like we said, they're 42 and one over the last three years. So that, that gets them a lot of favors in terms mm-hmm. of, and, 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 and frankly, they've not lost yet this year. Right. But yeah. let, let me ask y'all this. If Ole Miss had Georgia's schedule, would we have lost a game? No. 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 I mean, maybe we don't beat Kentucky the way that Georgia did. Right. But we could probably beat South Carolina at home the way Georgia did. And we would be worse. Yeah. Or worse. We could beat Missouri and Oxford the way Georgia did. We so, did. Uh, and transitive property right? doesn't necessarily work. But what I'm getting at is this is a great football team is one of the last two national championships. I'm only trying to look at things from in a positive light here. Like the line is nine or 11 or whatever for a reason. That's not that that huge of a number in Athens where they probably get like five points. I was going to say right? they're getting they're getting like six points for being at home. At yeah, night. so we're talking about a, a touchdown game or less on a neutral site. Like I'll, that's I'll a very you. fair. I mean, go back three years and put yourself like pre-pandemic and think that this was. I mean, guys, we would have been thirty-five point underdogs in twenty nineteen in Georgia. Well, Last year, we would have been 21-point underdogs. Correct. Correct. No, so I'm thinking like six or seven weeks ago, we might have been 21-point underdogs. Yeah, yeah. You may be I right. Mean, yeah. Truthfully, I mean, Ole Miss is 8-1, and, and Georgia just has not looked like great at all this year. And, I mean, outside of that right. Kentucky game. In Let's fact, guys, the, the look-ahead line was 20 and a half. Jeez. Flip, let's flip it, though. Ole Miss has won a lot of one-score games. And Those so, yeah, I mean, but, but you, I don't know that there's any science to this at all, but mentally you get used to playing in close games it, that has to benefit you. Yeah. Right. Because now yeah. they've not played anybody as good as Georgia other than Alabama. And I think A&M has as much talent as Georgia. I just, I just do like maybe they, not they're quite as talented. much. It, I mean, they, McKinley Jackson looks absurd in a in a football uniform. He's yeah. like a he's he's like a bull. A- anyway, they Georgia doesn't have anybody on their team that looks like him. I mean, the, what's his name graduated last year? Number ninety nine. I can't think. Jordan Davis or whatever. Yeah. And so they've got a or couple dudes. NFL. They got a couple dudes that, that are coke machines out there. Yeah, but th- they ain't him. Like yeah. that dude was built different. I, I you could see him in warmups be like. Good uh, lord at that guy. Um throwback, anyway. Th- throwback to Ole Miss recruiting Zion Logue and him picking yeah. Georgia, and he's well, just now finally playing. Yeah. Yeah. And so but I say I'll say like we won a bunch of close games, so I, that could help us at the same time. We've not necessarily I mean beating Auburn, but Georgia beat Auburn by se- seven or what very yeah. similar results. I I just I don't know why this I'm not saying Ole Miss is gonna roll in. And whip Georgia, but if you if you tell me it's twenty eight to twenty four or twenty eight twenty five with like four minutes to go and Ole Miss gets the ball, I'm not floored. Now I'm not saying we're going to drive down score and we may throw a pick six for Georgia to cover, but like that's a very realistic possibility here in Vegas's eyes. I don't know what the total is, but I'm sure it's Mm -hmm. like fifty five. I mean, this feels like a high twenties game by both teams. What's the total? Let me. I think it's 55 and a half, right? Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah. 
Yeah. Let me yeah. let me ask a question real quick. And I know transitive property doesn't always work and you know, common opponents and not everything's in a vacuum, but this same Georgia team gave up 21 to UAB and they gave up 20 to Vanderbilt. I know. And again, Vandy was in the game for like two and a half quarters. It was crazy. Yeah, Vandy was. Yeah. So like, my, my, yeah, right, like so... I could, I could definitely see, and I'm probably predicting a Georgia win. I could definitely see it where Georgia just dominates at home. They're good at home. They haven't lost in four years there. But this isn't like a dominant, you know, unstoppable force and an immovable object Georgia we've seen the last two years. Like, they're still susceptible. And, like, and I want to say this before I forget, Ben had a good point about that mindset of winning close games and getting comfortable Mm -hmm. being uncomfortable. You know, that's like a famous motivational phrase you can see it on the on the flip side with a&m they Mm. lose close games over and over and over and after a while you start to expect like all right when's when when are we gonna screw up here dude we were there for years we were on that we were our history yeah so Ole miss is now like dart you could i watched the replay after you know the block field goal and then late in the game when AM went up, they showed him on the sideline, and he was like doing the hand motion, like, calm down, we're good, we're good. Like mm-hmm. they are they're they're fine being in that spot, and they are more than comfortable. Like, hey, let's just go down and score. Like Dart said it yeah. after the game. He was like, I knew we were gonna score. Yeah. My, my, All right, so my what's concern, everybody's prediction? Go ahead. Man. Well, look, go ahead. last one last thing. My concern with Georgia is you talked about that didn't play great against Vanderbilt. Couldn't disagree. Didn't play great against Auburn. Couldn't disagree. Same thing with South Carolina. There's been one game this year where Georgia was kind of like, eh, you know, is Georgia beatable? Mm-hmm. Do y'all recall that game? Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky. Yeah. It was Kentucky. Sure. And they beat the shit out of them. And that yeah. I guess that's what concerns <laughs> me is that, like, Georgia didn't have to wake up for Vanderbilt or South Carolina or um, – or, or Auburn, and they just kind of slept, walked, and did their thing. My concern is their antennas are up now. They're on high yeah. alert. They acknowledge they can't play that. They can't play the way they did against Auburn, or we will beat them. And I don't necessarily think, again, I've said before, it's not a must win for them. It really isn't. The must win is, is kind of next week against them. Yeah. Definitely against Alabama here. It's a little bit of a look at spot for Georgia. It definitely, it definitely is. It is. But at the same time, it's also like, oh, they hear it. They hear all week, oh, it's the smallest line they've had all, uh, you know, in a while. Yeah. And it, that, I guess that, that concerns me. They want to come out and show, oh, we're the number two team in the country? No, 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 no. We're the number one team in the country. That that part concerns me. And in, in the last thing, we'll get to predictions. But I am curious to see what the crowd is like at Sanford if they are trailing in the third quarter. Because those seniors at Georgia don't know what I don't know what they know what it's like to be trailing in the fourth quarter at Sanford Stadium. I don't know when the last time they they did. It hasn't been this year, um, not at Sanford. I don't think it was last year either that they trailed late in the game. So I'm curious to see are, are they tight, you know, late in the game in the fourth quarter because they're just not sure what losing looks like. I that's that would be very interesting oh, yeah. to see. Get them, get them in a spot where doubt starts creeping in, and then see what happens. Because they don't know what How it's did like. Georgia I mean, to win that game so bad against Kentucky. How did that I happen? They had four tackles for loss. 
<laughs> but they did the same thing last year when it was a big game late in the year. What they do against Tennessee? I mean, yeah. they beat the Smashed breaks yeah. off of them. So I'm not saying they're going to do that again. I'm just saying like they don't know what adversity is at home. Their crowd hasn't seen adversity in in a long time at home. Yeah, I mean, Carson, Carson. They had 608 yards for, of offense, but yeah, he threw. For oh, okay, that's how nine. they won the game, man. <laughs> yeah, but like I, I still, I mean, four tackles for loss. Like did Kentucky just throw three incompletions and punt every time? I, I don't. Yeah, two, that's what I, I don't get. I don't get the stat line by Georgia's defense. I guarantee that's what Kentucky did. You know, I mean, you saw Kentucky last year. They ran it up the gut for two yards. They had an incompletion, and they, you know, you're you're playing right into my hand. You're playing right into my hand. Is that what Kiffin's going to do? I mean, yeah. If we go to Georgia and run it up the middle, but I mean, I think that would be my concern if our head coach was Mark Stoops. It's like we're going to get under center and we're going to try to run. Yeah. I mean, Kentucky going to run it right at Georgia? Come on, man. Yeah. Right. Like here. And I'll say one last thing before we do predictions. Ole Miss, and look, I would be shocked if I'm wrong here. Because, you know, Kiffin failed the first big test against Bama. Big fail. Like, fell flat on their face, busted out their two front teeth. This is the test where you can flush that one down the toilet. All eyes of college football are on you. You got primetime ESPN. This is the game where you just empty the playbook and you throw every single thing you got at Kirby Smart because you don't need to save anything for ULM. You don't need to save anything for Mississippi State. And whoever you right. play in the in the bowl game, whatever, you'll have <laughs> two or three weeks to cook up some new shit. This is the game where you bring out every single wrinkle, every single formation that you can throw at Kirby that hasn't been on film. Spencer and Sanders? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just anything. Just don't there, – there's no reason to save anything. And I'm not saying don't do what you're good at because they're going to do that. But, I mean, throw some shit in there that, that Kirby hasn't seen. And this is – I mean, this is the game to do it. I mean, this is the house money. Everyone's counting you out. No one's picking you to win the game. No one thinks you can get it done. On the road, world against y'all, this is it. So – I'm just excited for that opportunity to see what Kiffin has got cooked up that he's kept in his back pocket. It's my opinion. Ole Miss can win, but it, you've got to like, I mean, they can win. I'm not saying will, but you've got to have like the superstar. Trey Harris has got to whip his man and, yeah. and, and Quinshine who has been awesome. We were hard on in the first three weeks. He's yeah. back. Yeah. Like, He's got to, he's got to continue to be that guy, and Ole Miss will have a chance. Like you have to win one on ones to beat teams like Georgia. It it doesn't yeah. come down. You cannot out scheme Georgia. No. Like no. your you, stars have to be stars. Like they got they got to be stars. They got to be. That, NFL that's players. why teams win national championships. It's not because they're. Co- I mean, at, at this point, when you get in the top ten and you have top ten matchups, all those coaches are good. They can mm-hmm. all do. They're all making ten million a year. They all know what to do. Like you have to, you have to have a star. Like you have to have a Heisman, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Like you got to get that done. So, you know, I'll I'll pick first. Um, okay. The total's fifty five, fifty five and a half. Georgia's yeah, laying I'm what s- right now? I'm seeing, What's the line? I'm seeing fifty eight and a half. Fifty eight and a half. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. What's the line? It is ten and a half. 
Oh, wow. Down to 10 and a half. All right. So I'm going to. All right. So if Ole Miss wins, it's because the superstars showed out. If Georgia wins, what what ESPN give us like a 30% chance of winning or something? 33%. I think Ole Miss is going to cover this line. Um, I'm thinking somewhere around 33 26, 32 26. Um, and I'll, I'll hold off on who's going to win, but I think Ole Miss is going to cover, and that's the final score. I'm going to let y'all talk, okay. but 32 26 is the final score, and Ole Miss covers. I'm not going to pick George to win outright yet. I'm going to have to sit on it. And we'll do head and heart again. Um, my head tells me Georgia gets mid to upper 30s here. Um, we stall out on a few drives, maybe have a turnover in a crazy environment. So it's 38-28 Georgia. Hart says we hit a bomb walk-off field goal like we did against Tulane. Like I, I know that wasn't technically a walk-off, but it was like a 55-yarder against Tulane or whatever. 31-30 ribs on a just like a monster field goal. That would be – I, I, I would say it'd be awesome. I, I literally think I would die. I no, would, I wouldn't survive it. Yeah, for sure. My kids I, would enjoy it. But what did you just I say? Be, that we won on like a what? Like a 50-yard just, Yeah, like you a know, bomb. Like a 57-yard field. field goal. Yeah. If we won on a 57-yard field goal, I am not exaggerating. Most everybody in my neighborhood would see me buck naked on my street. Again? Like, again. I would be, <laughs> I would be streaking – to the down through the quad to the gymnasium like it would I be mean, outrageous there'd be there'd be Ole Miss fans fighting Cobra security trying to grab pieces of the hedges yeah I would I think I would I think I would literally be on the on the concrete passed out like hunched over fetal <laughs> position passed out before the kid they'd have to lock me in the stadium Dude, I would I'm eat not, the yeah, hedges I would swallow the hedges I would just devour them <laughs> we would rush the field I, I just like well, Washington State a few years ago in Seattle, at Washington. <laughs> I, I just all right. So I, I can't even think Nick, about it. Nick, why weren't um, you at the Week Twelve show? Well, I had a court hearing in Athens, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> we literally, I have all the hedges in my possession. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking head and heart thing. Like, like my heart says, honestly, that I almost could just beat them, and I don't even think it would require like heroics of of a of a late you know, long field goal. I think you talked about like what Missouri did against that, that Georgia defense. And I think we've got better. I don't know if like Harris is necessarily better um, than, than the guys at Missouri, but I mean, he sure seems like in the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. I think Dart's better than Cook. I, I mean, I just think we're overall a better team than Missouri and we go out and just actually beat them by like four or seven. I think it's very possible. I don't think the offense is going to do it. I just, I've seen what Kiffin has done in his biggest games and call me a hater if you need to. That's probably what I am. I just I'm a little bit skeptical about the offense in like a huge, huge game. And I'm thinking something to the effect of like, and I man, I, I'm just I don't even want to say it, but something like 35-20. I just I, last week's Texas A&M's offense gained all but five yards, possible yards against us until the last possession in the in their I think their last six possessions they gained all but five total yards, and one of them was on the um interception i mean they just wore us down i don't think that georgia will be that methodical at least least i hope not 
But yeah, 35 20, the offense just doesn't show, just is not good enough. Nick has me pacing after that. <laughs> well, here's some some more cold water. Uh, Oof. I, I think it's a really good game. I think Ole Miss just runs out of gas and is just a couple playmakers short. Um, I'm, dude, it'd be really nice if Zachary Franklin would show up at some point. It'd be really nice right. if he could be a threat. Um, uh, what I think, happened? I thought he was he was there at Auburn. I mean, he's been in the game. I, I just don't think his knee is I just right. don't think he's as good as Watkins. To be well, honest, well, that's yeah, possible. Because yeah, I just, I, I, I don't right. think, I don't think he's a hundred percent. Like he's out there. Like he was in, he was in the game when Jordan Watkins had the, the touchdown. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I just don't think he's as effective. He can't cut well with the knee yet. Um, yeah, but to Ben's point, like, what would Watkins look like in that conference? It, like, if Watkins would played at UTSA yeah, in that conference, wouldn't I mean, he look better, a lot he's like? Better. Yeah, yeah, he's better than. Than the transfer maybe, to maybe that this point, is like, Williams game, it, <laughs> maybe that would be cool. And, and, it, and I mean, Frank, Franklin is more realistic. Comp is is Dayton Wade, who's not coming off the field because he's like our because he's Jerry Rice. He's the greatest player yeah. of all time. Yeah, he's Dude, like our. He he's the heart he of the offense. Catches everything. I know. Go ahead, everything. Zach. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. Um, no, I mean, I, I don't. I think this is just a game where Georgia just kind of out athletes and just win some one-on-ones that they're just better. And I think it's a fourth quarter game. And I think they tack one on late and just get over the number. I'm thinking 36, 23, something like that. Like I, I do think Ole Miss is, is very much in it. It's a one score game. And then, yeah, maybe a turnover or maybe they get deep into the, into Georgia territory, go for it on fourth, don't get it, and then Georgia drives down and scores to put it away. I, if we're if we're doing head and heart, that's what I'm going with with the head. Heart, I'm thinking 38-36, and Trey Harris is a bad, bad man. Because so, God go help Malachi Starks trying to cover him. Because I know mm-hmm. Malachi Starks is a stud, and he's really damn good. But when Trey Harris is in his bag and he looks like he's in his bag right now, he's tough to he's tough to cover. And yeah, you can cover him, but he's also going to be bigger than you and can out jump you. So, um, yeah, my heart says that it gets to the it gets to a shootout, and Kirby does not want that. I talked with Brooks Austin today. He covers uh, Georgia for Sports Illustrated. He's a big film guy, and he talks to a lot of the people around Athens and. I brought up shootout and he was like, that word makes Kirby's skin crawl. Like he does not <laughs> want that. Cause I, I don't think he wants that smoke with Lane Kiffin. Cause Mike Bobo versus Lane Kiffin. Come on. Who you taking? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Bobo being the office coordinator is kind of why I have hope. Look, I, I mean, I'm only going to go, I'll, I'll look head, heart, whatever. It, I just think the game's going to be close. I think Georgia is Texas A&M with a better quarterback talent wise like i don't know yeah. that we're going yeah. to having just come off a of plate a&m i don't know that we're going to be in warm-ups and look across the 50 and be like oh my god look at those guys because like we just played a team that looks like you know fake people they look like the monsters on space jam right. yeah. And, yeah. and and now a&m is not georgia they're not coached like georgia i get that but we're talking about mike bobo 
it's not like we're talking about – like we did just play an offense that's coached by Bobby Petrino. I get it. They have stunk all year, and Georgia has a better quarterback and all that. But who has better receivers, A&M or Georgia? Is Ladd McConkey better than A&M's receivers? Mm, no. I mean, he's, he's utilized better, but no, he's mm. not better. No. I, and, and if we're going to talk about just like a- athletes, I just don't know how, where Georgia is significantly better than AM. AM has a better linebacker. AM has a better front, front four. Now, Georgia may be better in the secondary, wh- which is very possible. But like, they are. At that, I mean, I just, I think that this isn't that terrible of a matchup for us. Now, with that said, Georgia's the number one team. That, I mean, say that ad nauseum. I just think the game could be close. I, I you know, I, yeah. I'll I'll pick Ole Miss to win thirty three twenty six or whatever because that's right on the line. So, or not that much thirty three twenty eight, whatever you know, and 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 roll with it that way, and just go with a heart pick because really, I can I can spin it in my head to say, okay, Ole Miss doesn't turn the ball over, and we're I'm not even talking about like catching a lot of breaks. I'm not talking about. A pick six would be great, but let's take a step back last week. What happens in that game if AM doesn't block the field goal and run it back for a touchdown? I mean, oh, it's a route. What happens that, if we don't get the let, phantom fucking holding call and it's the, the holding exactly. to go 21 yeah. nothing? So, Correct. Yeah, yeah. It was a 14 point swing. I was going to yeah. do you're, you're skunking them. Like, hand over. You're the skunking sticks. them. You're out. Yeah. And, um, and yeah. so, and, the, and they lay down. And Georgia's not going to lay down. Ole Miss could go in there and, and jump up big or whatever. And Georgia could storm back. And I, I get it again, like they've had these great recruiting classes. I just I'm just not seeing like the 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 one there are two games that bring me pause. The way that they beat Florida in the swan or in the in Jacksonville 43-20, and the way they beat Kentucky. These other games, like the way they played Auburn, getting that lat, that touchdown late to win by a touchdown, mm-hmm. the way they played Missouri with Missouri, you know, very much in the game until the fourth quarter. Like make it a fourth quarter game. We've been good in the fourth quarter every year or every every week. So I don't know why that'd be any different. I just you know I I'll I'll pick us a win, but barely. I mean just to, just to have fun with it. It it's a free shot. And and Georgia yeah, again, I think they're a And M with a better quarterback, like a better co- talent wise. I guess yeah. I should say. Well, keep in mind <laughs> that Auburn game. Now Georgia. Give it to them. They earned it. They they beat a really good team at home. Feet against the fire. They they got it done. You know, as Bud Elliott would say, they lucked out. Um, <laughs> but that Auburn game, that was just Mike Bobo hitting the Brock Bowers button. Yeah, correct. Brock Bowers correct. is not going to be there. So, like Nick said, and if he is, he, if he is, like. What I mean is he a hundred percent this no, or this there's quick? no chance unless he's literally a T eight hundred. There's mm-hmm. no chance he's a hundred percent. So like Nick said, get them in a spot where like doubt starts creeping in. Let's say you jump out 17-7, 17-3. How are they going to respond? That's that's best case you know pie in the sky scenario for Ole Miss. You get out hot. You take the crowd out of it early. And you throw some adversity at them, and let's see what they're made of. That's, you know, obviously we're talking best-case scenario on an Ole Miss podcast, but that's what we do here because it's an Ole Miss podcast. But, yeah, I mean, we've seen it happen before. An Ole Miss team get out to a hot start, and if Pete Golding's in his bag, like, watch out. You know, they beat South Carolina by 10. They beat Missouri by 9. They beat 
Auburn by seven. You know, they beat Vandy by, you know, 37 to 20. I just, I'm not, look, they also beat Kentucky 51 to 13. It's just an interesting, you, you just don't know. I, I just have to think that we are past, and I could be wrong, like you could go over there and get whipped. We are past the days of being, quote, blown out by someone. I just, I think that, you know, the worst case scenarios, like Austin said, or even Nick scenario, like 35-20, and, and they Georgia covers, but they cover by, you know, you lose by two touchdowns. Maybe it's not even that close, but it's 35-20. I just don't, I don't see a scenario of us going over there and pulling a Kentucky. I, I just don't see that. I could be wrong. I mean, um, we'll see. Yeah, I can't yeah. believe Kentucky or Georgia did that with with four t- TFLs. Just outrageous. Kentucky had well, six it, negative it looks, plays the whole game and got like, beat fifty one thirteen. Scored thirteen points. I think Devin Crazy. Leary was like ten for twenty six. Yeah. So like they just clamped them down. Um, but yeah, to Austin's point, and then we'll move on to locks. Kirby's going to play man, man free. Like they're going one on one, best on best, try and beat us. That's what they're going to do. So this is where, like he's, like Austin said, your stars got to be stars. Trey Harris has got to have a big game. Dayton Wade, Jordan Watkins, they got to get big, big catches on third down, get upfield. Caden Priestcorn, got to make some plays over the middle of the field. Got to be a big, willing blocker in the run game like he's been the last four weeks. That's like, it's. I think Ole Miss is going to have to play a damn near perfect game, and you're going to have to catch Georgia slipping. Maybe Carson Beck throws a pick, fumble, you sack, you know, strip sack something. Um, Nick was saying Ole Miss could just go in there and just beat them. Could happen. I think you'd have to play a damn perfect game, but yeah, it's it's not crazy to think Ole Miss could win this game. That's that's what I think we're all saying the same thing. So, all right. Anything else? Moving on. Moving on. Yeah, it's just weird because I've I've got this weird feeling that like we could go in there and win and then still miss the playoff. Like, well, that there's something a little freeing about that too, though. That it's like a true free shot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it could yeah, be just the go play. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, all right. We're going to get into locks here. I'm going to go ahead and jump on the board first. Uh, just out of principle because somebody is probably going to get it, so I want to get it first. And I'm going to go ahead and lock in Alabama minus 10.5. Um, there is absolutely – ah, damn it. Okay, it's up to 11, but I'll still take it. Um. Oh, wait, no, hold on. That's South You can Alabama. get 10 and a half. It is, it is 10 and a half. Okay. Yeah, you can get 10 and a half. God, I got yeah. my glasses on and everything. I'm still messing It's up. not like 11 is key anyway, so, I mean, whatever. <laughs> yeah. 10, 10 and a half, 11. It's Kentucky. I don't care. It's at K. Roger, Alabama. It's a weird game. line. Stinky. Yeah. Yeah. I, the last time Saban burned me when I took him was in the championship game when Jameson Williams got hurt. I think Alabama – would win that game with healthy Jameson against Georgia. That's the last time he's burned me. Um, I'm, I'm laying the points here. There's no chance Kentucky even remotely hangs with them. They've figured it out with Jalen Milrow. 
Um, Tommy Reese is simpatico with him. They've got it going offensively in their defense. I, I, Dallas Turner can just basically do whatever he wants and can't get a flag yeah. thrown on him. So. Yeah, just kill people. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Was anybody else looking at that? I, I saw that number in the beginning of the week, and I was like, what the hell? I put that one down with a big highlighter next to it. Yeah, I I, I think the market is thinking Bama's going to be a little hungover after a huge game, and you know they're going up to sleepy Lexington where you know they, they don't ever see Kentucky. They hardly ever play Kentucky. So I, it wouldn't shock me if Bama was a little sluggish out of the gate. But eventually, I, they just, they're just going to suffocate Kentucky. And by the way, yep. Larry, I didn't watch a second of the state-Kentucky game last week. But reading afterward and looking at box scores, it looks like Larry got hurt again, and it may be his shoulder again. So it sucks for that dude, man, because we saw him play one game this year, basically, where he was healthy against Tennessee. And he looked pretty good, but apparently he's hurt again. If they can't throw the ball, I mean, how, how does Kentucky score here? I don't know. No, they're yeah, not running. Agreed. They're not running Ray Davis for two fifty against no. Alabama. No, Marion Brown has just disappeared. They can't get him the ball. So transfer to the SIP. Seriously, yeah, looks like do the it. the backup played the entire fourth quarter against State last week. Now I know they were beating State's ass, but that's telling. I think Leary must have been actually pretty banged up. It also seems like these two schools. I mean, when was the last time Kentucky and Alabama played each other? Talk about a weird matchup. I don't know. That's what I'm I don't. Saying. Like, I, I don't think uh, yeah, Alabama's figured it out. Eleven points on the road. I can see this being a blowout. I mean, but I, I again, Leary or no Leary, I just don't think that Kentucky's breaking like seventeen. Um, and are they? Yeah. Is Alabama scoring less than thirty? Mm. No, mm. they get mid thirties. It's like this is like thirty-seven, mm. thirteen. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I'd be shocked if Kentucky scored that much, because it's already basketball season there. Let Nick pick one, so I don't pick one of his on the wrong side. No, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead, because I don't have anything yet. But I'm sure whatever my first one is, they'll just take. Well, I'm just sitting here. I'm I'm sitting here trying to talk myself out of taking playing the hits and going to Iowa City. (laughs) <laughs> and Jesus, <laughs> Rutgers is at Iowa. Yeah, are you going to Scarlet Knights? The total is twenty-eight and a half. It's unbelievable. There's no chance it goes under. I'm gonna have to take under twenty-eight and a half. <laughs> at this point, just Rutgers keep doing it. At this point, just keep doing it until. I mean, why not? Why not? It's like, a- it's a joke. It, next week it's going to be like twenty four and a half. I mean, who do they have next week? I don't. It doesn't matter. It, I, it doesn't. Matter. It, doesn't, it just keeps going. Vegas is going. Vegas is going to keep going down. Like, they're they can, in the they can, they're like the college football. I mean, they're they can have the right. Chiefs next week, and it's still going under twenty four and a half. <laughs> Phil Parker, baby. Um, man, if, if you look at it, I was. Y'all remember Iowa when, hasn't had a score that Purdue would have gone. So a few would have, but the last three weeks, 10, seven, 12, 10, 15, six. Good God. Yeah. I think this one's a good I don't, know. I don't, I don't think Rutgers is not terrible, right? 
I don't know. I don't know. No. Let, let's. I, I'm gonna. They're going to, to a bowl. Walk this back. I, I'm like, yeah, they're six no. and three. I'm gonna have to walk this back. Twenty. Twenty and a half. No. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. This I'll is have what to, you want. But no, this is what you want. If you don't want Rutgers to be one and eight, because Iowa like will beat them. I mean, they they may score points. Yeah, thirty-one nothing. They were terrible. This is going to be like correct. This is going to be like eleven seven. Rutgers. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. It's got to be the lowest total ever. Twenty-eight and a half. It's it's the lowest total by two. There's never been a game closed below thirty below thirty in college football, and then that was like two weeks ago. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's this is is lowest by a point and a half. Under. I mean, at this point, just to be part of history, you have to bet the. Yeah, you just do it. Just take the L. Y'all, let y'all back into the game. Do y'all remember when Rutgers was? When were they number one in the country? They were ranked number two. Right, right. Seven. Yeah. Oh six. Them in South Florida were or number two in the country in 07 in consecutive years. It's consecutive weeks and both loss. Yeah. God, what a what a insane thing to remember and say. Yeah. Like, no, I know, no. Time to be alive. It was the 15 year anniversary last year of it, and everyone talked about how insane 2007 was. It'll never happen again. And it, that was a sick time, though. Yeah. Wait, it was 2006. It's 2006. They finished 11 and two, and they started out undefeated, and then lost to Cincinnati, 30 to 11. <laughs> but the imagine poll, that per Wikipedia, it's only showing them in the BCS they were six before they. Yeah, won. I. I think it was 07 that they were ranked number two. Okay, I'm trying to Google it, and why am I not? All right, who's got a pick while he's doing that? Anyway, I'm just going back and thinking, like, how wild it was when they were that – they were ranked that high. Austin, you got got one for us? Yeah, I got one. I'm going to um, make a spot play here. You have to play it. If it loses, I don't care. This may be another one and two week for me. I would make the play 100 times out of 100. I'm going to take UCF at home against Oklahoma State, catching two and a half the best I can get. Yeah, I think so. Yep, give it to me. Uh, the bounce house is actually, you know, a pretty, a pretty sizable home field advantage. Um, and Oklahoma State is coming off of their Super Bowl to end all Super Bowls. The last Bedlam game, they win. They beat Oklahoma. Everybody is riding their jock. They're now like what fifteenth in some polls. Um, mm-hmm. They also happen to be, I think, one of the luckiest teams in the country. Uh, so. Yeah. Give me a competent team at home facing a team who is going to be flat. They, they, I mean, they have no choice but to be flat. They just played the biggest game of Gundy's career, arguably. And uh, I'm catching points. I think it's an easy bet. Even if they get boat raced, it's a bet you have to make. Hey. Definitely a bad spot. No for... faith in, in Ollie Gordon? Nope. No, I got the only thing that concerns me is <laughs> – is, I don't have faith uh, anybody UCS else. Quarterback, yeah, yeah. <laughs> UCS quarterback, yeah, yeah. Um, um right, he's gonna play as a tune yeah. at two thirty on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Okay, is Sure Sanders? Is he? Is he playing this week? Is he healthy? 
I don't know. To be honest, who cares? Okay. Let's uh, either way. We're still going to Boulder <laughs> and we're still taking Arizona. Let me let me make yeah. sure I have that number correct for you. I think that the wheels are off the off the the bus, off the the track, whatever you have out in Boulder. The number is ten and a half for Arizona. They're on the road at Colorado. It's going to be a noon kick. Uh, I mean, it's still going to be sold out. I'm sure it'll still be rowdy, but I don't anticipate that it's going to matter. Uh, Colorado, has, the wheels have fallen off. They lost a few weeks ago to Stanford. Uh, since then, they lost to UCLA and Oregon State. This is a Colorado team that started 3-0 that is probably not making a bowl. I think their next games are Utah and maybe Washington. And, and definitely, I, I think they've got USC in there too, don't they? Or they that sounds right. They've already, they've already played US, USC. It might That's be right. Right. Utah, Oregon. And and Washington, whatever it is, it's a brutal end to the season. I I don't know that they're going to make a bowl again after starting three and zero. And I just that it kind of seems like things are kind of crumbling out there in Colorado. It, okay, which, I mean Arizona Wazoo and at Utah. Yeah. Okay. Wazoo. That's so. Okay. Best case, I'm thinking. I mean, they've got to win this game to get to have a chance to go to a bowl. But I mean, we all thought that you know this this. Thing was built on uh, on you know steady rock out there with Deion Sanders. We definitely didn't see them to lose a couple of games and things to start falling apart. I just I think the facade is is you know worn off. Uh, and you know Arizona's covering here. Fafita, the the freshman quarterback for Arizona, be good. good, very good, like top, probably a top fifteen quarterback in the country. You get all the upside He's... of Delara with none of the downside. Like he doesn't do stupid shit. Like like Delara mm-hmm. used to. Yeah, Delara would do awesome stuff and on the yeah. same play do the dumbest thing you've ever seen before. Yeah. He, like like he, multiple good, times a game. Good segue here going off the UCF pick because I feel like Fafita is like John Rice Plumley with arm talent. Yeah, he's good. Like he is shifty as hell. He can evade pressure. He can get in the open field and make people look bad, but like he can spin it. I wonder where he will be playing next year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe he goes with Jed fish to start. Well, maybe he's in Boulder. <laughs> or maybe, maybe Yellowwood gives him a call. Uh-huh. Dude, I, I think that the, the wheels may be off of Dion for like ever. I, I, it, it feels weird to he's me. He's going to have I mean, to like, because once Shadur's gone, like, I mean, Shadur Sanders is not awesome, but he's a solid quarterback. Like, he's going to have to find a quarterback. I, truthfully, the, the the thing he did last week with the coaching decision, I think, was the most amateurish, if that's a word, most yes. amateur-like yes. thing he's done since he's been a coach, even back to his Jackson State day. Like, Bush you can't league. do that. You can't bring in that, – That was a, crazy. Crazy. Brought in an accomplished head coach in Sean Lewis – who coached at Kent State. Yes, it was Kent State. They're the Mac. They're trash. But, like, he was highly respected, highly regarded, and ran a really effective offense and had run a really effective offense at Colorado and gets basically demoted, gets his balls cut off in front of the entire team, and you replace him with Shermer. Like, you so just can't. NFL coach. You just can't and do their that. Their offense wasn't the problem. The defense no. was the problem. It admits it. It, you're exactly right. That, to me, was, like, the first real sign – Oh, this yep. guy's never been a coach before. He, he he's exactly. never had to handle like leadership in terms of like dealing with other people. 
mid-season mm-hmm. adversity. Yeah. Like, what if Lane Kiffin called a press conference to be like, Charlie Weiss is out? <laughs> like, like, it just wouldn't happen, man. Never. Even even worse, what if he there's did it to no... like Pete Golding is out? Yeah. Like, yeah, oh no yeah, Pete chance. Golding's not going to play anymore. We got a failed NFL head coach that's going to take over. Yeah, but oh, by the way, you're going to stay on the staff, and I'm going to make you signal in the plays that your replacement is calling. Like, it's just <laughs> amateur shit, man. I mean, he's forcing it. It's his son at quarterback because yep. he'll listen to him. Yeah, someone else may not have listened as well. Yep. There's no chance Sean Lewis is in Boulder next year. No, it doesn't oh. feel like it. No. Oh my gosh, no. So you're so you're laying the points there, Zona Nick. Yeah, ten and a half. I like that. I mean, it, it started pretty. Good, I think it started at, at six and a half. It's all the way up to ten and a half. That's fine though. I kind of think they're just gonna blow them out. You Arizona gotta, seems pretty good. You gotta just yeah. really avoid the backdoor cover that Colorado's been doing the last couple weeks. You're exactly right. They've done that like all season. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Jed Fish is a really good coach. I mean, they Arizona could win out and be nine and three. With a loss in Starville. Crazy. And a game that they had five turnovers and still went to overtime. Because Delara did stupid shit. Exactly. Yeah. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The car buying process can be a lot. I know. I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. Introducing the new and improved 
BNA Bank mobile app. From setting transaction alerts and tracking your spending habits to managing travel plans and turning off a lost or stolen debit card, you can take care of all of it in the new BNA mobile app. At BNA Bank, we know that life moves pretty fast, and we have the mobile technology to keep up with your life on the go. BNA Bank, local, invested, modern banking. I've got a pick. I'm going to hold on. Good. I'm going to go down to Boca Raton, Florida, and I'm going to take the Owls over. Who are they playing? East uh, Carolina. Lejontan Lejante Wester is a dude. 87 catches on the year, over a thousand yards, eight touchdowns, averaging 11 and a half, a reception. Um, I cannot remember the guy's name for the life of me. It was a former uh, Thompson, uh, former Texas quarterback that went down to FAU. He's out for the year, but mm-hmm. they have figured it out. And uh, they have found somebody to sling it around. Daniel Richardson, um, Put up a ton of points against UAB, lost on the road, but ECU is miserable. They are bad. They yeah. are one and eight, over in the conference. I like FAU at home here. I think Herman is starting to coach to go somewhere else. He is trying to put some stuff on film, show what he can do. And uh Larry McCayman running back at FAU is pretty solid. And then I already talked about Wester and his big playability. I just think they're going to have a lot of fun at FAU Stadium. And I am laying, I'm thinking, I saw it at eight. Let me double check. Uh, I guess seven, seven and a half. Seven, seven, seven half. flat. All right. I'll oh, lay seven, seven flat. Okay. Seven. Okay. I'll lay the seven then. I, I think they, I think they roll. Um, yeah. I thought the wheels were going to come off there when uh, Thompson got hurt, but uh, they figured it out pretty quick. So. Herman's a good offensive coach. I think they'll handle it. I got one. If you got a pick, I've got one too. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to take a spot play similar to Austin. Um, This is a body blow game meets look ahead spot in Columbia, Missouri. Yeah. And I'm actually going to take the Tennessee Vols and lay like, one point. I love it. Love yep. against Missouri. Um, mm. Missouri coming off the Georgia loss. It's just, Their season, like I said, it's a body. Missouri season yeah. effectively ended last week. Yeah. And Tennessee still technically has everything in front of them. Now they need some help mm-hmm. at Ole Miss, but they could still, they can at least believe they can win the East in that locker room. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, that there's a difference there. Um, so, uh, give me Joe Milton and uh, Squirrel. What's his face? And Squirrel let's White? do it. I can't Squirrel believe you just said and... give me Joe Milton. That's remarkable. <laughs> First time uh, the phrase has ever been uttered in history. Um, but I yeah, I, it, I I completely I don't understand this number. It's a I mean, what what kind of respect is Missouri getting in the market now? That's crazy. It's a crazy and Luke Burton may not even play. Yeah. Yeah. Burton yeah, is banked he's, up. He's questionable. Like you said, body blows after Georgia. They're deflated. 
Tennessee's got everything to play for. I, I, I think this is an easy lay. You're, it'd be different if Tennessee was laying like seven and a half. You're basically just saying, yeah, that's who right. Wins the game? Who wins the game? Or even if like you told two me two and a half. It's essentially a pick. You know, yeah. If you're sitting around and you're talking about games, and like we're all of us could sit around in a room and say, okay, we could just throw a game out this week, and let's say uh, an SEC game. Who's playing this week? Arkansas and Auburn. If we threw that game around, we would all be like, yeah, it's probably like two and a half, and yeah. it is, or three and a half, whatever. Mm-hmm. If we said Tennessee at Missouri after last week, we'd go mm, five and a half, yeah, it, four and a half, Tennessee playing four and a half. At least four. That's right. That's right. And and there, it's one that makes sense. So uh, give me the balls. I'm with you. Damn. I honestly would go the other way. Um I just think I just, I that's because you think, live in Nashville. I have to listen to that well, shit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I don't know. I, I, I kind of think Missouri's pretty good. And oh, I do too. I just think I, know, I do too. It's just Georgia. a weird spot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. True, true. Um, My only question about Tennessee is are they going to be able to score enough? Because I do think if Burden's questionable and doesn't play or he's banged up, they still got Theo Weiss. They can still run the ball well. And Brady Cook, I, I think he's pretty good. Um, the Tennessee's calling card, it's weird for a Heupel team. Their defense is really solid. Yeah, so, they are. I mean, yeah, it wouldn't shock me. And, hell, for the purpose of this podcast and how I gassed up Tennessee all offseason, I need them to win to make me look somewhat smart. Yeah, I like the Tennessee. I like it a lot. I like the Tennessee play. Uh, I just, again – does Mizzou have anything left in the tank after last week? They they fought hard, valiant effort, but body blow theory here has been said. Your best guy's banged up. I just – this is one of those you make this bet 100 out of 100 times too. Yeah, the thing with Burden, I mean, he's one of the better receivers in the country, and that's part – that's why I'm, I'm with you on, on laying that point. I, I would have said at least three is what I was thought the spread was. He's a AJ Brown mold, you know. Burden is. Yeah, yeah. They throw it to him fifteen times a game too. Yeah, he's. he's All right, I got one. If you guys, if you guys yeah, don't mind, fire. I'm gonna go ahead and lock in a game that I predicted the score to go under. I think we all predicted the score to go under, maybe except for Zach, kind of danced around the number. Uh, Ole Miss Georgia under fifty eight and a half. I don't. Love our offense in big games. But truthfully, Ben's kind of said this has been like one of his mantras for years. In big games, teams sometimes tend to go conservative. They, they mm-hmm. tend to slow it down, and the game get, just goes a little shorter. So it goes a little quicker. And I could see this game being played in the, you know, low 30s to high 20s, which is right there. I could definitely see it being like 31-24, which is kind of comfortably under. So, yeah, 58 and a half for Ole Miss Georgia – Again, my prediction was 35-20. That's, again, under – I don't know that anyone predicted. Um, I guess didn't, maybe you said like 31-27, Austin, something like that. That's right at the number. But I, no one, I don't think – I said 33-26. That's 59 right at it. So, yeah. yeah. Which is right at it. But we're all kind of like either right at it or under, and so that's why I'm going under. You know, Nick, to the point of like – teams going conservative, I can only think of, and let's just keep it specific to Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin because that's in your pick. I can only think of one big game since he's been in Oxford, like 
throw COVID out, throw that year out because that Bama game was yeah. outrageous. But yeah, and it was LSU this year, right? Because well, and LSU's out- defense is special bad. Yeah, yeah, and, and because like I think that Kiffin knows when he has a little bit less talent or lesser talent. Let's just say like twenty twenty two Alabama. What was that final? 27-21 or something? It was pretty low, mm-hmm. if I remember yeah, right. It, it went under this number for sure. Yeah. And so, so the point is, is like he will slow it down. I mean, the, our games, the scores are dictated by how fast we go only because nobody else goes as fast as we do. So it's like they either have to try to keep up with us and we just keep pushing, 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 or he recognizes very quickly like, oh, God, like we're not going to get – if we're not ahead of the chains – we're about to like eat three minutes off the clock and punt it back to them mm-hmm. to to try to you know shorten this game and get the ball back. Yeah, I, yeah. that that's my that's kind of what I picked up. That's what happened at Alabama this year. I mean, that's why the scores. I mean, twenty four to ten, and really it wasn't even that high scoring. Yeah, he he wanted to short the game by extending our possessions and just keep the ball. <laughs> yeah, and I, look, I yeah. it's like we said at the outset. I I think I think he may do it again. So it was 30 to 24 last year. I didn't realize it was that high. But either way, that's under this number. So yeah. against Alabama. Alabama's the only comp that I can give this game because everybody else, I think Kiffin goes into with a mindset of, oh, well, we can beat them like with our players and their players. You know, mm-hmm. I think he thinks yeah. with Bama and Georgia, everybody goes into Bama and Georgia thinking that though. Even LSU and- acts that way against them. And I also think like let's say the worst case happens for Ole Miss. And we just get blown out. I think you're still under. And a half. That's right. Because I think That's it's going right. to be like, yeah, like 44 10 or 44 7. Like, if we just get just demolished, I don't think they're scoring like 60 on us. I think mm-hmm. they're scoring mid 40s and we're scoring like a touchdown. So, yeah, I feel good well, about this. Truthfully, I think the under over under on this game should be like 53 and a half or 54. I think if they go up like 24 to 3 or something at half. They'll shut it down because they got to get to next week. Mm-hmm. Like I think that that's part of this too. I mean, we would have to legitimately lay down to hit the over at that point. Like they'll yeah. just they'll be content running the clock out. So and it'll look similar to the Alabama game. Uh, you know, your biggest what's going to screw you here is if Ole Miss comes out hot because if Ole Miss scores two or three times in the first quarter, I'm talking like 14, 17, something like that. It's going to – I mean, they will – you know, Georgia will try to keep up, and Ole Miss will keep Match pushing tempo. pace at that point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then then the – which it still may not go over, but that's the one – that is the one way for the game to go over. And then you're happy anyway because Ole Miss potentially wins. So I was going to say, that's a that's a bet I'm willing to lose if that's the case. Yeah, correct. Correct. Yeah, it's an emotional hedge. All right. Awesome. Yep, I'm going back to another spot play here, and it involves another team from Oklahoma. Uh, give me the West Virginia Mountaineers at 13 and a half. I think, Zach, Fanduel, I can get it at 13 and a half. You can. Yep, give them to me. West Virginia is not bad, actually. Were they six wins already, five wins? Um, yep. What's his face? Neil Brown saved his, yeah, saved his Neil job. Neil Brown saved his job. They are really, really good in the trenches, particularly the offensive line. And as Oklahoma showed last week, and as they've shown in other games, Kansas comes to mind, they're vulnerable on defense, particularly in the run game. 
I think West Virginia can line up and road grade Oklahoma. I think West Virginia's got two capable running backs. I think that's sort of Neil Brown style anyway. They're not going to be interested in trying to get in a track meet in a, in a ping pong match back and forth with Oklahoma. They're not going to do that. They're going to slow the game down, grind it out. 13 and a half points is just too many after Oklahoma just got kicked in the nuts after Bedlam. They now have two losses. They're virtually out of contention for the Big 12. They're out of contention nationally. And there's some locker room shit there. Y'all see the chirping with Lebby and Venables and all that yeah. this week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's stuff going on there, man. I'm questioning whether some guys are, are checked out or portal shopping. And you're not getting any of that with West Virginia. Like, they are completely locked in. They are completely dialed in. They're playing good football right now. And this is the type of team that gives Oklahoma problems. I don't know that they can go into Norman and win outright, but you're giving me almost two touchdowns. I think this is, I don't know, like 30 to 20 OU. I cover comfortably there. So give me uh, West Virginia. Good pick. Really good pick. The number in this one. Man, I've like three games I really like. Man, this one is it's super enticing. I've been going to the well out, out west in the Pac-12 quite a bit this year. Um, there are two games that I really like. This is kind of one of those weeks where, like, I wish I could pick four games. Um, but it's – it's Do it. It's, Don't, let's not be scared. Do we have two more locks? <laughs> it's down far enough to where I like it enough to pull the trigger, and I just – when Utah is not at Rice Eccles, I am not a believer. Mm. And I don't care what – what is it? Bar- I always want to call him Bucky Barnes. Is that – what's his <laughs> damn name? Um, yeah, it's 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 in Seattle at Husky Stadium. I, I'm nine and a half across the board. Give me the Huskies. I, I think Penix is a man on a mission right now. Um, they've had some – some tight ones, but I, I just think that that offense is going to be just too much for Utah. I know that Utah plays really good defense. I respect everything Kyle Whittingham has built. Last week was a big moment for Washington. On the road, had every every opportunity to slip up and lay down against a USC team that just kept punching back. Um, you know, they had a tight one against Stanford the week before. And then the weird one against Arizona State, I, I think Penix and them are going to put up some big numbers. I think it's time for DeBoer to lean into the Heisman campaign, and they're going to light them up. I'm taking the Huskies minus nine and a half. I like it. And I'll say this, um, looking at this week and, and how you know it's all kind of setting up for – that rematch in the Pac-12 championship against uh, Oregon, which I think we're going to get it, which sign me up for that. I I cannot wait for that. Um, I think it's going to be awesome, but I'm just, I don't know. I Washington's covered five of its last six games in November later. I know Utah's really good against the number, but that's, you know, over the last 10 seasons, and I think they've always had pretty good quarterback play. And I think without Cam Rising and without Keithy, I just don't know where they get the points from. So how how long can that defense hold down Penix? And 
Adunze and that offense. And look, dude, Dylan Johnson, look at what he did last week. So monster. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like this is just kind of one that gets out of hand because Utah just can't score. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, away from Rice Eccles, their defense is not the same. I mean, they're yeah. still good. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. But but I mean, at Rice Eccles, they're a different animal. Yeah, they just don't lose there. Exactly. Yep. Who all's got two? Everybody? Yeah. Everybody's got two. I'm done. Um. Yeah. I- all right. Good. Yeah, I'll just, I've got one if you guys need, and I don't anticipate anyone's picking this game, so I'll just I'll just go ahead and knock this one go out. Go ahead so and get it. Better uh, be sure. In case you guys are still celebrating the win, it's eleven o'clock at night. You need just need more football on, and you're you know you got a hankering for it. Go to the islands. Hawaii is hosting Air Force. <laughs> is that what you wanted? That ridiculous also, pick. <laughs> Hawaii is hosting Air Force. They these teams have actually haven't played in four years, which is very odd to me. You know, seeing that Mountain West is like only twelve team conference, it's um, kind of it is it's kind of crazy. They've actually only played um, they've only played five times this century, which is uh, it's bizarre to be in the same conference that's that's only I think ten or twelve teams. It's really not that large of a conference, and they they don't play each other all that often. But when they do. And when when Air Force wins, they've won this matchup big. The last few games, they won by 30, 51, 24. I mean, they just beat Hawaii bad. When Hawaii isn't good and can't stop that that offensive Air Forces, it gets it gets bad ugly. This line is at 19, and I think that's what you're seeing again from this Hawaii team. They are not very good. Their only win in the last like month and a half uh, came last week against Nevada. They lost 35 nothing to San Jose State. They got whipped by New Mexico, whipped by UNLV. Not a very good Hawaii team. Uh, I, I saw what Air Force did last week against Army. That means literally nothing to me because it was a, a service academy matchup. So I think Air Force is going to beat them. Something to the effect of like 52 to you know, 15-14, something like that. Pretty ugly. I can get you 18 and a half. Yeah, do that. Do that. By the way, this game tips at or tips kicks at eleven p.m. Yes. Jesus. All right, I'll, Austin. I'll I, be at a, I'm I'll between be at a bar somewhere in Athens watching that one until they kick me out. It kicks off at midnight there, doesn't it? Yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah midnight. Baby. Um. All right. I'm down between <laughs> going to Fayetteville. And laying two and a mm-hmm. half with the hogs. Don't do that. Yeah. That's crazy well, stuff. Well, Arkansas. I mean, you saw got what they the did big win against Florida. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't that, that's the, that's the, I don't get them. No, I, 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 I don't disagree. Uh, that's what give me pause. Or I go to College Station. <sighs> and that this is a a true gamble. Do it. And lay 18 and a half against Mississippi State. Do it. God bless. Yes. That's a lot of points. Is Max Johnson playing? There are rumors yeah. that he's yeah. got he's, broken ribs. I saw yeah, he's, who who is playing? playing? I saw he is. He guys, is playing. guys it, who, what, what is what is State going to do on offense? I mean. No, I, I agree. I, 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 I agree. Saying, I agree. Like, like that, the game, I'm not sitting there doing that because of A&M, even though they just walked the dog walked all miss in the second half last week and it's a weird spot too because state's coming off 
you know, getting whipped at home against Kentucky and A&M has that weird loss on the road. I say weird, you know, they, mm-hmm. they're now five mm-hmm. and four. They've got to be checked out. A- everything here says that this is a trap and that state covers it. State historically plays A&M well, everything else. The problem that I'm having is, is state just cannot score. Like they, yeah. they, they scored three against Kentucky, 13 against Auburn, three against Arkansas. Are they going to play I the just, freshman here? Got got to. I mean, but is he going to – and here's another thing. Defensive line, those guys are playing for draft status now. Uh, like, they're they're trying to get – they're playing for film. And, and D-lines, you don't necessarily have to focus to do that. And that's where A&M – they're going to kill State up front. They're, like, State's bad on O-line. Bad, bad. So – I'll, this is against my judgment and against the spot, really, but I'm going to lay 18 and a half with with A&M. I would I like typically it. take 19 and a half with State, but like you know, I'm just riding high right now, and I just a team that scored seven, three, and three in the last three weeks. They scored 13 points total. I'm sorry, three, 13, and seven, so 23 points in the last three weeks. They're not going to cover 18 and a half. I don't think so. Give me the I like it. Uh, but I think you got to figure out pregame whether State's wearing their commemorative snowball jerseys, and <laughs> that could be the difference here. You know, last week they brought the snowball team, or no, not the snowball, but the dog pound rock team back, the '98 yeah. West champs back. Yeah. You know, made it to Atlanta, and Jackie Sherrill and and laid a three point offensive yeah. performance yeah. in perfect commemoration of those offenses well they honored jackie sherrill i think by scoring a point for every win in his last season at mississippi state i think that's, <laughs> I think uh, that's right. three points for the three words that he happened to mutter after uh tommy west offered him the smoke at midfield after <laughs> Or the sheriffs ran him ran him away before he got one in the face. Just back back to the snowball jerseys. Have we ever touched on how ridiculous these dudes? They they have uniforms commemorating a precipitation event, like. And then the pedestal. Well, not not just that. It wasn't like yeah, independence ball exactly. It's it's absurd. <laughs> There's no yeah. other word for it. It's absurd. Giggum. By the way, under six and a half lock for the season win total. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're going to hit five, aren't they? Yeah. They got Southern after this. Will Hall. Look, yeah, Will Hall's that, guys are still fighting, five five. by the way. Five and <laughs> Frank Gore Jr. is still playing. Let me tell yeah, you something. If, if, they, if they lose to Southern, oh, my, oh my God. God. Y'all want to know what's wild about Mississippi State? Will Rogers is still their leading passer. Mother <laughs> of God. I'm not. I'm not lying to you. He's still yeah. 1,275 yeah. yards. He's he's still yeah. their leading passer. Did he? I mean, when's the last time he played? Did he played against Western Michigan. Is he gonna? Is he gonna play in the egg? Is that how this? Oh, he shakes absolutely out? will. Yeah. <laughs> God, they'll probably beat us. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be playing in the egg bowl with like a stoma because his sternum is busted and he can't breathe. Oh, 
Oh man, the yeah. I love. This we'll pick. we'll beat Georgia and ULM right. and go to state and lose. I love this pick because I think A and M could put a nice Smith and the Wildcat and put up numbers. Dude, he's nasty. He he's is so nasty. Good. He's so good. Like he can get seven yard. So they threw a crossing route. Y'all know the play I'm talking about. It's going left to right. Yeah. And like we had a guy right next to him after he like, made the yeah. turn, and then he like get he like. Gets, I know Quinchon does this too, but he gets seven more yards immediately. It yeah, was he's like, just not there anymore. He was right there, and now he's not there anymore. Like the dude like, just yeah. like teleports. Yeah, he's like uh he's like the closest thing I've seen to uh Tavon Austin back in the yeah. day, West Virginia, just like yeah, electric yeah. factory. Yeah, yeah. Ben, I Man, wouldn't Tavon Austin. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate putting real money on that game. It's just a weird spot. It's only that's the only deals like it's isn't it night game too at Kyle Field? That place will be a zoo. Well, they're gonna be it's gonna be definitely stressed because of what's what all's gone down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know, but you know five and know, four. You know how close I'll tell y'all though they, they went out and go eight up. and four. The three and three four. o'clock start, isn't it? I thought it was a night game. Oh, it's during our game. Six thirty. Yeah, yeah. six thirty p.m. SEC Network. I think. Yeah, they. You know, they they went out. I mean, they that would be beating LSU, which wouldn't be overly shocking. They go eight and four and make the, I don't know, what is that? The Outback Bowl, and Jimbo like, saved. They go to like uh, what, Music City. Yeah, Music City Outback, something like that. They're not gonna fire him over that. No. I don't think they're firing him. He'd have to like lose out and get embarrassed every week to get fired, in my opinion. Because it's so much money. I mean, think of it eight and four, and really they got beat by Alabama. They lost a road game at Tennessee at Ole Miss. And what's the they have one do they have one bad oh the Miami game. That's the bad loss. Yep. All road losses. Yeah. And that's really more of a margin, margin of victory in the Miami. Like, it's fine to lose to Miami on the road, but you can't lose like that to Miami on the road. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it really set the tone for their season a little bit. Yeah. All right, who's up? All right, last Are we done? Oh, yeah. All right, let's go to – back to the West Coast here. Give me the uh, San Jose State Spartans against oh, Fresno boy. State. I think they're catching one, right? Yep. 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 Give me the one. Fresno State just, again, another spot play here for me. Um, Fresno State off a huge game against Boise. They probably did not deserve to win that game against Boise, got, though, Zach. Got I, it I think done. You, yeah, they got the dub for you uh, with your <laughs> lock last week. But, like, the, basically a 99-yard kick return was the difference in that game. Yeah. Otherwise, Boise probably would have won outright. And I think Boise still, I think they missed a field goal to cover even at the end of the game. So, Fresno, very fortunate to, to escape. Now they go on the road. And uh, Mikey Keene is banged up, too, by the way, for Fresno dude, State. He cannot, quarterback. He can barely walk. Yeah, dude, he's he's in he's in bad shape. It's almost irresponsible for him to be out there at this point because he can't move. I think San Jose State can get the job done at home. Um, they got a pretty pretty decent quarterback. I'm drawing a blank on his name, Cordero, right? Um, yeah, yeah, he lit up SC last year. Yeah, I think they'll do just enough to win. I mean, look, we're we're talking a pick 'em. So give me the home team catching one after Fresno just played uh in maybe their biggest game of the season. 
flat spot here, banged up quarterback. I like the home team. Give me the Spartans. And that uh, that KefQ Stadium. Yeah, they just had a renovation, right? It's an abbreviation, CEFCU Stadium. Um, it's nice. Mm-hmm. I watched them when they in the opener against Oregon State. Um, it's a pretty nice little stadium. So, all right, twelve locks there for you. Um, I'm seeing a good week. If I'm being honest. Um, it's gonna be fun in Athens. Um. 7 p.m. Eastern, ESPN, Ole Miss, Georgia. We'll be back next week to get into week 12 as uh, the haters and losers are trying to get us to 500, but we are not doing that. We are staying north of that, so we're going to like. We need another good week. It's been um, it's been another. Yeah, we're due, we we're due a, for one. We need a strong one to really get that gap widened, but – um. Yeah, so we'll be back next week with more picks, more locks, and uh, I don't know how much we can get into uh, Ole Miss ULM, but we're going to do it. Uh, So shout out to Ben, to Nick, to Austin. Uh, Nick, safe travels on your your way to Athens. And uh, I would say I'll see you there, but I I probably won't. Um, No, don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. but uh, that's going to do it for Hit That Line Week 11 as uh, Ole Miss will go for win number nine this weekend in Georgia. So for those guys over there, I'm Zach. Appreciate y'all listening. We out. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.